the pulse of the Hawkesbury. Pulse 89.9. How long snooze go for for you? Oh, half an hour. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, here we go now. It's really 5.30. Let's start pushing it. But they shouldn't call it the snooze button. They should call it the torment button because you know you hit it yeah. and you're going to have that two, three, five minutes and it goes off again and yeah. you've got to go through the whole routine over and over Correct. again. And yeah. then sometime you make that decision. I've got to get up. Yeah, I've got do. to. I've got to do it. And then you <laughs> think to yourself, "Why didn't I just set the alarm for five thirty anyway and just get up?" So it's a torment. If oh, you're waking, actually interesting. Why don't we? I, I don't know. I, I don't do that. I must admit, what I do is, and especially when I was travelling internationally, I couldn't sleep the night before, and I, it's that fear of, "Oh, I'm going to sleep through the alarm and, mm-hmm. and and miss the plane." So I would set three or four alarms, uh, and I would just hit the first one, wake up, gone. I'm like a greyhound out of the box, right? Yeah. And then I'd forget the other alarms were going off. <laughs> and it would still be in the – and it'd be waking the family yeah. up and yeah. you're running around to do that. So, yeah. But you must – I mean, you do some miles, don't you? I do. Like, I you know, do. everybody's got a story, but you must do some miles. So yeah. if you're waking up at five – so bed, 1 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, usually around midnight. So wow. about five hours, yep. not a, you know, sleep a night. So, yeah. yeah, it's exhausting, but it's okay. You know, we've got a lot of uh, yeah. stuff to well, you've got a 24 huge, hours. Massive <laughs> electric. You've got a huge area, and I was saying <laughs> yes. just before um, we went live with this is that I know that I had a massive weekend going from Friday through to Sunday morning, mm-hmm. which on Saturday when we were walking back on the home walk, you said, so, Catherine, are you coming along to the National Service? And I went, oh, yes, when's that? Nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, great. There goes my sleep in Sarah, thanks. Exactly. There goes your Sunday. <laughs> That's it. You really did that one in on me. But you then kept going. I stopped after that. So, yes, I did. You know, I mean, with the elections coming up, how does it look for you this time round? Now, you've done it once, you've been in there, it was such a close call and I know after that happened, I said to you as far as I was concerned, really you did win because you made it such a close call, you know. Um, but what's it look like this time? Have you looked at that and said, okay, what we need to do is something different or where, where are you concentrating on? Yeah, thanks for asking. Last time was very interesting and I only lost the seat on the 10th day after the election. So, you know, mm. that was quite That's what significant. I mean. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of that was some overseas votes that came through. So it actually wasn't the people in Australia yeah. on the day. Yeah. And what was also interesting, because the seat was counted twice, is that my scrutineers who were at Eastern Creek doing the second count of the seat noticed that so many people had voted for Sarah Richards in, as a number one in my box but didn't complete the ballot paper. Uh. And the reason was we had just gone through a state election where you can put a one in and walk out. Yeah. But with federal, it's compulsory preferential, so you must fill in every box. So people, you know, weren't following the rules with a different level of election. And that's what my scrutinies were saying to me. The number ones for Sarah Richards that therefore went an invalid were, were much bigger than my opponents. So we need so to be taught, don't we? we have need, to. Yeah. And you can't uh, – sorry, but, I mean, you really can't blame them because the fact is, as you said, there was an election beforehand mm. and so the mindset was put in into people's head. Mm. So you don't have that this time. So a little mm. bit of learning on how to fill out the ballot paper properly. Exactly. So where else would you think you have to open up possibilities? I think that since the last election, the last three years, I have certainly um, solidified my presence in the Hawkesbury. Yeah. I think people are very thankful 
for the initiatives that I do, which is even outside of the political sphere. A lot of the things yeah. that I do are my own ideas and I think people see results in that and I really hope the Hawkesbury backs me in that regard. Mm. But the seat certainly encompasses the Blue Mountains. Yes. I have been spending a fair bit of time in the Blue Mountains. Mm. One thing that's interesting there has been the movement of people over mm. the last three years in and out of the electorate, especially with the pandemic. Right. Uh, a lot of people looking for a tree change and have moved into the Blue Mountains. So... With that shift of people coming in and out of the whole electorate, mm. it's really anyone's uh, you know, game. game. It, it's, yeah. it, it could be anybody. So Is that just particularly in the Blue Mountains? Do you notice that? Not in the Hawkesbury? No, there's been movement in now the Hawkesbury, but a lot more I w- in the Blue I've Mountains. been told in the Blue mm. Mountains. Um, you know, new people who've come up from the city and, and want to mm. um, you know, be amongst Yeah, the, see what the it's like. Well, it's a beautiful part of the world, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it all is out gorgeous. here, but it's um, it would be... I understand from your point of view here how hard that would be because the memory of what has happened yeah. isn't there. Mm. So, and the same as as you said, like with your work that you do outside what you do for an election or for council. Mm. Now that initiative that you started is it a year ago? Shop small. Two years in March. Two years. Sixteen thousand people. I noticed last night on Facebook yeah. that you've read uh, yeah. businesses. Sixteen thousand members. Yeah. Yeah. Now that in itself is amazing okay because the thing is that we have a lot of facebook posting up there we have a lot of businesses that do gather people but that's that's blue mountains as well isn't it it's uh predominantly western sydney look it'd be oh, the larger extent would be hawkesbury because yeah. people know me here but yes there's people from across western yeah. sydney yeah so what what gets me with this is that when a group starts up and you know it's too scott cause you do a lot with social media too for lions but the thing is that when social media starts up you, everyone's trying to get those likes and follows, but and it's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. But to get sixteen thousand in two years—that's really that's showing that this is something that was needed. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And it continues to grow too. Like, let's be let's be open with that. It's sixteen thousand, and it will continue to grow. That's right. Now, Sarah, there's no doubt you're very hardworking. Thank you. Very, very hardworking. We see you everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, some of it obviously political. And some of it, as you just said, off your own bat. And you are to be commended on that. When you go out, I'm interested to know this, Mm -hmm. when you go out to these events, what does it generate? And and I'll clarify that for you. Does it generate people asking questions politically? What are you going to do? Is it more of the local aspect? Is it the bigger picture? What does it generate with all these events that you go to through? Like, you could look at any given day, you might have be six, seven, eight events yes. that you have stretched yourself out. And I probably haven't posted about all of them. No, and, and you haven't. And <laughs> no. again, being brutally honest, yeah. you haven't because no. I know some of the events that yeah. you've gone to and there's not a, a whisper on it because there's no way you can do it all. Well, it's a balancing act between people going, oh, look, she's everywhere, or oh, I'm sick of seeing her face, you know, on social media. It's a very, it's a balancing act because for any politician, no matter what level you're on, it's, um, well, we, ne- we need to see her out and about, right? So you go show yourself out and about. Mm. Oh, oh, look, oh, I'm sick of seeing her come up in my Facebook feed, mm. you know, <laughs> so you can't win. So I think a balance is necessary. Yep. Uh, but back to your to your question, uh, when, people, when I'm at events, people come up to me, a lot of people know that if they, it doesn't matter what level of government, their personal issue might be. I think they know if they come to me, it's going to get not solved because you've got to go through a process all the time, but it's going to be dealt with. And so 
when I'm out, people just come up to me constantly, whether it is a pothole in their street, uh, whether it is something that is state government-based or whether it is federal. And I think they know that I've got the ability to connect with the right people mm. to sort out their issue. And so that's very humbling for me that people trust me. You know, oh, if I go to Sarah, it'll get sorted out. And you're very accommodating mm. and I've seen you out in public and, I mean, it's just a line-up. <laughs> where people are waiting to speak to you. I guess what I'm getting at, is there a common theme that people are starting to ask in the Hawkesbury and the Blue Mountains? Is there something that keeps popping up over and over again that you need to address? Yeah, I think if I had to look at the last two years, it might sound a little cliche, but it certainly has been pandemic support uh, is the main thing. Mm. Even if it's something that I can't, as I said, yeah. it's not my level of government. That's right. yeah. uh, yeah, small business, I guess with the shop small hat on, people know that if I've, they've got a problem with their small business and so many people mm. in the Hawkesbury especially have small businesses, yeah. yeah, they come to me for that help, you know, or my payment's not come through yet or um, we're really struggling, what grants can I apply for? So I get a lot of that sort of stuff when I'm out and about. So. Right, yeah, very, very tough. It's um, interesting how you said that you don't post everything on social media because I know that when I was at that National Servicemen's uh, Memorial on Sunday and uh, I didn't actually interview any of the pollies, mm. right? I didn't go to any of you. When I put it up on Facebook, I put it up as the National Servicemen's Memorial mm. because there's times when you back off, isn't there? And there's times when you say, let this be for what it has to be. I don't need to milk it for what I can. Absolutely. And I, I think that that is very good because that is probably what won't endear you to people. That's right. Yeah. yeah. There are certain things and events um, where you should go, where you just go to be seen by the people. Well, not not be seen, but the people who are there will know well, you're you there. Well, you went to pay respects. <laughs> yeah, they know you're there. Yeah. Um, but you don't need to shout it from the rooftops. But certainly things like... Um, yesterday and Anzac Day and all those other days, as you know, mm. um, being the daughter of a veteran, it's very mm. special to me. So I think honouring those days, especially posting about them and making mm. sure that we celebrate that memory is important. Mm. So I, now you're up in the Blue Mountains. You've had a few things going on mm. lately because I know that you are doing these things. Uh, koalas, mm. our little furry friends. Yes. Yes. So what's happening about that? Well, two big announcements by the federal government. First yep. of all, the $50 million to help um, with uh, local groups can apply for, for funding under that announcement. And then, of course, on Friday I had Minister Susan Lee up at Blackheath at Govett Sleep, which, as you know, is one of the most sensational views in all of the Blue yeah. Mountains, uh, to announce that she, the federal government was putting koalas on the endangered species list. And that's mm. a sad thing and a good thing, like, at the yeah. same yeah, time. Yeah, it really is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you don't know whether... You know, it's very sombre that we've reached that point, but it's also a blessing that federal government has listened to the science and yeah. listened to the experts, and they have enacted that so that the right protections can be put in place. Yeah. So uh, by doing that now, it actually draws attention doesn't it, it does. to this uh, situation? And, I mean, the thing is with the koalas, it was the, really the fires that went through that really ripped it apart for them, taking all the Yeah, air. and Minister Lee, you know, mentioned that significantly mm. uh, on the day. And we also had some uh, – Kelly there from Science for Wildlife who's an mm. expert in koalas, and I've opened up a really great narrative with her – and she's going to <clears throat> spend some time together so she can let me know all of her expertise in that area. Yeah. Uh, there's been some significant um, stories locally in the paper about 
the koalas and of course my decision as a counsellor with the Rural Boundary Clearing Code and I'm very happy to touch on it because yeah, go for it. yeah what I think um, is happening with a small group of people and one journalist in particular in the Hawkesbury is complete bias and sensationalism and to be honest I'm sick and tired of it. Um, the facts of the matter are that as a councillor I went to the council election with a commitment that if we were voted in we would adopt the Rural Boundary Clearing Code under Hawkesbury City Council which is, let's be frank, nothing more than allowing people to build fire breaks on their property. Right. Now, after the 2019-2020 Black Summer bushfires, where I went and spent a lot of time in communications, volunteering to the point I ended up joining the RFS communications um, because of how touching it was, then in my role as a counsellor, visiting and touring people's burnt-out properties, having them crying their eyes out to me, traumatised, mental health effects where people are saying to me, just let me create a fire break on my property. Yeah. Just let me look after my people and my property. Yeah. So the New South Wales government, not Hawkesbury Council, the New yeah. South Wales government went and created the code uh, and it is supported by the RFS commissioner, yeah. right? Yeah. Who am I to stand in the way of these yeah. people? Okay? That's right. Who am yeah. I to these stand in These are the experts. The these are the ones that are put into these positions. These are the experts. So... I had a, you know, obviously before we adopted the code, read it thoroughly, there are severe penalties in that code for people who uh, chop down trees in ecological communities or things like that. I was disappointed, and I said this publicly, with the sensationalist language from, um, uh, from council staff about the fact that if this is implemented, there will be X thousands amounts of, you know, bush cleared tomorrow. It's like, are you for real? That is just ridiculous, and mm. I said that. And to be frank... Those people out there making this a political thing, uh, when really it's about balance. If this is about balance, adopting the Rural Boundary Clearing Code, allowing people to build those fire breaks. And the captain of Currajong Heights RFS came onto our very public council meeting last week um, to support the Rural Boundary Clearing Code, and he said something that I found was very important. He said, people who live on rural properties, where this applies to, have gone and bought a rural property because they love living rural. Yep. They're not there to go and cut down the trees and the no. land and destroy it. Mm. This code allows the people who've bought on rural pro specific rural properties and love their rural properties just to create fire breaks. Mm. So the politicising of this issue, trying to put the decision over the Rural Boundary Clearing Code in with the protection of koalas... Sorry, they're appalling humans. I, I really find it disgusting. And I think that in my role, five years now being elected representative, I was quite, you know, when you first start something, you tiptoe around, oh, what can I can't say? Nah, not anymore. Yeah. What they're doing to politicise these two issues for a quick like on Facebook or to try and ruin someone else's career is appalling. Yeah. It's um, interesting because a friend of mine has 25 acres up in Yarramundi mm. and uh, the fires obviously were very, you know, much of a concern and she actually is a volunteer in the RFS too. So uh, she asked me if I'd go up and help clear the mm. land and we did uh, a burning that she taught me how to burn, right? right? Okay. And it was so interesting how mm. you could burn the undergrowth and make it safe without doing catastrophic problems to mm -hmm. the whole okay. system. Okay. So I found that very, very interesting. And when you see people that do go through this, I mean, I've got two and a half acres and I got hit on a 2013 fire that took everything out, not my house, but took everything out, a lot of our stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that was a, a actually quite a few dollars lost for us. But... Um, 
the clearing and keeping things right, and at the back of our place, and it's not um, Hawkesbury Council problem, uh, there is a passageway where it is never, ever cleared by council, and those clearing areas probably need to be looked at too. Mm -hmm. But it's the, it's the same old thing. I can remember when I lived in Roseville that my mum used to always try and get the council down to clear the back of where we lived there because right. it was another fire hazard. So yeah. this has been going on forever. Oh, it's not new. It's exactly not new. Right. So, I mean, to do something proactive, if anything, it could be even looked at as uh, it's taken too long to do it. Mm. Mm. To be brutally honest, coming from, from the country, yeah. it's quite normal to do that. Yeah, we 20, 25 years ago, we used to call it land management. Right. Hey. That's what it was. You, yeah. you, you mm. set up your property and the boundary of your property so that you minimised mm. this sort of activity of fire and pest in control, all that. that you, you did that. It was normal. It's very difficult. I, I find that, and it's, it's interesting what you said, there'll be certain members of any community mm. on any issue that just feel like they have to say, no, this is white, you're saying it's black, I'm saying it's blue, you no, it's yellow. Oh, You've got to have it right. That. One but day when I'm not elected, I'll just put all their names out on a piece of yeah, paper. But don't it's you the think same echo chamber It's frustrating, time. Sarah. It yeah. is frustrating. It doesn't it matter is. what side of the board you're on. Yeah. It is just <laughs> something that has come into our community now. That they say it's they say it's social media. It's not. People just want to have a blue now. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And because awesome. they don't have the fear of getting the bloody nose... Because they're behind that social media now. Exactly they can right. say whatever they want. Again, 20 years ago, if somebody had said that in a pub, the consequences would have been an ambulance ride home. Now it's this, it's this, this constant thing yeah. of saying what you want and there's no repercussions. The second point I wanted to bring up with that, and we've got to say it, there is obligations in that where you will be penalised and they're not soft penalties. No, not. Why are people not picking up on that, Sarah? Why are they not saying this is what can happen? I know. I think they know that. I think that it's just much better to have a political hit than to actually go through the actual legislation or the code and um, spell it out for people. It's just easier to try and destroy someone's credibility. But I think what I'm finding, and again, I gain my strength as a politician, is they really are the small, a small minority. And it took mm. me a long time to learn and that. Thank goodness they but, are. Yeah, they, thank goodness they are. I, I see some of their stuff daily on Facebook. A lot of them, to be honest, I've personally blocked because I'm sick of seeing their drill yeah, yeah. every single day. Well, it gets you down, doesn't it? Oh, it's like, can you wake up and instead of maybe spending 24 hours creating Sarah Richards memes, can you actually go and spend 24 hours helping someone in the community in need? Mm. And as I said, it took you, it took me a long time to get my head around that. Um, you know, I had to take an AVO out last federal election because of it. It's That's disgusting. It's disgusting. That, and to see women in this community still engaging with that man, yeah, um, like he's got credibility, is appalling. Yeah. Um, and I've pointed that out to people and they don't care. They're so invested in um, trying to bring as much detrimental coverage to me as possible, this certain echo chamber, um, that it seems like all the morals and ethics go out the door. And yeah. as I said, I'm not afraid to say it anymore. I find that kind of human behaviour just unacceptable. It's got to be called out. It's got Everyone, to be called we, we have out, all these different yeah. campaigns of calling out this type of behaviour. Yeah. Why are we not doing well, it? Well, because they're supported by other locally elected people. Yeah, well, we, you've got to start calling it out. Yeah. We're quite lucky on the Hawkesbury too, aren't we? We have such good access mm -hmm. to our politicians. 
you should. Everyone yeah. should. But we do. And that's yeah. a credit. Like, we talk about you. We, we talk about um, Susan. We talk about Pat, who we had in here. And you see everybody out. And I've lived in you know, different areas. I've never really seen politicians getting around mm. and saying g'day. I, I just think it's, it's really... It shows what electorate you're coming into. It is such a good thing. I do have one more question, a Go question without it. notice. So mm. you get your seat. Mm. Right? You went, what is your – and this sounds like an interview question. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing. As in for a job. I don't see uh, any breakfast foods yeah. out or anything. I'll, 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 have, have, to, I'll have to get my interview voice on now. Right. Yeah. What does the first 90 days look like for you? Oh, the first 90 days, not 100. We're no, going 90. for 90. Do well, we have a date? No, we don't no, have a no. date, but there are a lot of – Call them guesstimations out there. Speculation, so I believe, May, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the budget is the 29th of March now. Yep. So, and the election has to be held by the 21st of May. Right. So you've got a, a window a little of window. time. Yep. In there, and no, I don't have any. No, no, I, I, wouldn't, I actually don't think you'd even tell us because that wouldn't be what you'd do. I could no. see the fishing line yeah. coming out there. I thought we were yeah. going to try and reel something <laughs> no, in no, then. No, 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 but no. even if you look at the 21st of May, as we all know, is the cutoff. What's that, 12, 13 weeks away? Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Regardless, that's all we've got left yeah. to get our message out there to yeah. the community. So the first 90 days, what would I do? Well, first of all, if I was elected, I'd be a, a backbencher. So I <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have much uh, say or ability to do things, but fighting for my community would be the first one. And there are projects locally that I have fought for for years. And I have been blessed to have had the government listen to me pushing for those projects, most of all the, the third crossing of the Hawkesbury River. So haven't even been elected as a federal MP yet, you know, fingers crossed, and I've been able to deliver that to my mm. community as a candidate. Mm. So, you know, I'll be forever happy with that one. So I guess it's just, you know, I've got a, a long list this big as well for fighting for things that I want locally because I've lived here nearly my whole life that I know that we need and I would just keep championing those those projects. Um, so a lot of it is local, really grassroots, infrastructure-based projects and just make sure we can... I can help and assist in getting those grants to the right organisations and entities that deserve them. That would be the first thing. I think that staying grassroots is very important for any MP. You then, of course, if you are in a federal parliament, have to look at the national issues. And to me, I would really enjoy getting involved in the conversations on national security. Being a defence kid, mm, yep. uh, I really, really am invested in our... Mm. what the government does to support yeah. our defence force and ensure the safety of our country, especially in the current threats that we have. So they're the kind of conversations, and, of course, around veterans and making sure veterans have support. They're the things that matter to me. And small business, oh, God, I could just keep talking. But yeah, so And that's good, I mean, isn't it? But let me say, if you do win the seat... You're going to be even busier than what you what you're doing yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, look, I will be even busier. I have a great network around me. I mean, people know my kids are... Uh, they're 14, 11 and 10 at the moment, but I have raised them to be very self-sufficient and resilient little people. So, you know, they can <clears throat> get up in the morning, do their own hair, get themselves ready, make their own lunch and we're out the door. So mm. I'm very lucky and blessed with my three kids. But I also have a really fantastic support network around me who would allow that to happen. That's and good. There's other MPs in Canberra with kids a similar age to yeah. mine and it's it's not anything new, but you just got to make it work. So my question to you, what would be the first three grants you'd be trying to get for who? Oh, gosh. Oh, well, <laughs> there's some really big projects um, out there across yep. the Hawkesbury and Blue Mountains that the groups are doing. Things like uh, Treeline Lurline up at Katoomba. Yep. Are you aware of that one? No. 
So Katoomba is has the three sisters, as you know, one of our top, I don't know, five or ten destinations in Australia, you know, yep. for international tourism. And the entrance to Katoomba is pretty yeah. pretty sad. Like yep. that should not be the entrance to one of our tourism meccas of yep. Australia. Um, so you've got Yeaman's Bridge there, which needs doing up, but the street that goes all the way down to yep. the three sisters is Lurline Street. Yep. And a local community group, um, with the help of the Katoomba Chambers Chamber of Commerce, have put together an initiative called Treeline Lurline, where they want to be able to put beautiful big trees the whole way down Lurline Street. But each tree also the idea that I have heard each tree gets named after a local Katoomba wonderful. veteran. Yeah, wonderful. Um, that's great. So that's millions of dollars, millions of dollars, because they've got yeah. to, it's all got to redo the electricity yeah. and everything underneath. Yeah. But how amazing! Is that it's not just a visual thing, but it's a yeah. uh, something for yeah. to remember our something you've brought up is mm. something that's close to me. All these tourist attractions that we have, mm. the tourist attraction's really good, but what you just said leading into it mm. is always boring. Yeah. And if you can fix that up, I'd be behind that. We have these we have these really really beautiful locations, mm. but you drive in and they're just not maintained, or there's That's just the no. Whole hook spree at the yeah, moment, what right? is? Yeah, well, don't, don't you, as being a like a resident of, of a year <laughs> and a bit now, don't even start me on that. With some of the comments that I've had made, so what would be another yeah. one that you would do? What would be another grant? Uh, well, just on that was the signage, which is tourism signage. Yes. We adopted at council last week, just last mm. week. Um, a new signage policy and if you had a chance to look at it we went out to a third party organization who pretty much identified all the holes and the gaps in our area with not just destinational signage but arriving signage and wayfinding signage so you you know how when you go to the hunter valley there's all these boards and it's yeah they're lovely wineries this way and yep. that way it's yep. beautiful and they're maintained and they're maintained so this this um company went and did a signage or sort of an audit for us and also um new designs to the table of what it could look like and if you get a chance it's it's all on the website yeah, we'll do that. Oh, good. oh my goodness stunning mm. so now we just need the funding back to your question for that okay. to make that happen yeah. um so there's so many <coughs> worthwhile projects out there that all just rely mm. on funding yeah um you know so many things of course with my council hat on things like um in Bly Park, they want a BMX track. Yeah, I've uh, heard that. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've also had p- people up in Bilpen want a BMX mm. track up there. It must be a bit of a thing. It is. I uh, actually had someone talking to me about that last week. That has become a really, really big thing. Since the Olympics, there's a lot of competition for BMX riding. They travel around the state. I've got a mate who's involved in it and yeah. takes his kids, and they will travel a whole weekend mm. to go for two races. So that, that's obviously a big thing that's happening now. Yeah, I went to the McGrath's Hill yeah, yeah. Um, track not long ago and the amount of families there with their caravans and everything just to, to race. Yeah, it is. It doesn't yeah. matter if they're going to win. It's just a, <laughs> yeah. it's a vibe. Yeah. Does the council hat come off and the politician hat come on if you win? Oh, would I leave council yeah. and just focus on federal? I yeah. think that it's best to focus on one. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I've ever been shy in saying that to people yeah. either, ever. Yeah. And when people say, oh, well, why are you doing both? It's like, well, currently counts, being a councillor is my job. That's right, yeah. Federal is a candidacy. Yes. It's just a candidacy yeah. at this point. If the community believes they like what I can do and offer and I'm able to step up to then advocate on the federal level of issues, yeah. well, thank you very much for yeah. your support and vote in me and yeah. I'll do my best on that level then. Um, when we spoke to uh, Susan Telkman a few weeks ago when she had Anthony Albanese out at the Windsor, wasn't it, the Windsor? Uh, Windsor Wolves, yeah. Windsor Wolves. Mm. Uh, we asked her, and you know what I'm going to ask probably, uh, would she come on a debate? I know you've already said yes. 
um, so that's okay with you to do I that? I have no issue doing that at yeah. all throughout this election. So what we were thinking with that is we'd do uh, three little ones and that way we would ask the public what they wanted to know. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that would be sort of the way that we would do it, which would be good. It opens it up for everyone instead mm-hmm. of it staying just what Scott or me say, you know, which is boring. No, it's not. Yeah, it's good because it, it, we get the questions afterwards, don't we? It Which is, yeah, you know, like we'll get questions after this interview now. Mm. So it is a good concept yeah. of, of having the the public because yeah. everyone everyone wants to have their say. Of course. So it'd be a great concept to do that. Mm. Well, look, um, thank you so much. I know you've got up, you've come in here. I know it's early. That's fine. We it's know it's early. Not early for me. But no, it's not yeah. for you, but it definitely is for me today. And if I could tell you where I was driving today, it'd be about probably 400 kilometres in total. So just yeah. crazy. I always Maybe a bit less, maybe know. 300, but it's, it's a lot. But, it, like, you know, you'd look at, so what sort of car do you have? Because that'd really tell a lot of what sort of car people should go buy if they're well, going to be travelling. Well, I bought the wrong car for the job because I bought a Holden Captiva. I must say I love my Holdens, yeah. Yeah. but it is, it really choose through the juice and oh, so okay. I'm just filling that up nearly every day day and a half yeah. you know and it's yeah it's because I'm doing the kilometers this electorate's yeah. 4,300 and oh, something thousand square kilometers yeah. it's massive isn't it's it massive yeah. and the other a couple of weeks ago foolishly um based on just when people who wanted to meet with me were available I got up at North Richmond my first meeting was at Blackheath so I dropped the kids to school got up at North Richmond went to Windsor and dropped the kids at school Drove to Blackheath for my first meeting. Yep. And my next meeting was at Lower Portland. So oh, then I had to drive oh, from wow. Blackheath to Lower Portland, yeah. um, then back to Windsor to get the kids and then back home again. And again, love it. It's my job. It's fantastic. Yeah. I make calls while I'm in the car. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're going through the kilometres. Yeah. But I won't be doing that and anymore. Tires. I'm going to be smarter with my days. <laughs> but yes. yeah, tired. Yeah. yeah. But there are all those things like you, if you want to know what was the best car, well, we won't for economy's sake, not the holding Captiva, right? Yeah. So then let's find out what's the next one. Which tyres do you find are better? So this is really what we wanted you here for yeah. today is we're drilling about the juicy cars. stuff. Yeah. yeah, we want to know about that. Don't worry about all the other stuff. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, look, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. No Great worries. to have you in here. And, um, yeah. Go and enjoy your day, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. I'll go do that and uh, sort out some problems for people, which is my favourite thing to do. That's thank great. you. It's been a thank pleasure. Thank you very much. And we're with Pulse FM and, of course, uh, the Brecky Show with Catherine, Jane and Scotty. Let's go on with not headlines because I think... The Pulse of the Hawkesbury. Pulse 89.9. 89.